and welcome to the Undead Wookiee Podcast, episode 79, Cobra, from 1986. The Undead Wookiee is a fortnightly-ish podcast focusing on horror and sci-fi, but there will be times where we dip into other genres, because here at the Undead Wookiee, our nerdiness knows no bounds. Hello and welcome back to the show. I am your host, as always, Hugh Lloyd. And we have a very, very special episode lined up for you. Now, before I introduce my excellent co-host, let's check out the trailer for Cobra. Society is breeding a new kind of criminal. It's also breeding a new kind of cop. Meet Cobra. He does the job nobody wants. Necessary deadly force. I used everything I had. Do you know you have an attitude problem? Yeah, but it's just a little one. You think you would recognize me if you saw him again? The tall one? Yeah. The one that wants to kill you. Do what you have to do to get a lead on this maniac. And if I find him, do what you do best. back ladies and gentlemen and i am joined by the one the only mr darren hall how are you sir i'm the disease <laughs> you're, and you're the cure oh god we gotta be in, <laughs> we're right up shit creek if i'm the cure <laughs> uh-huh. no we are talking and i mean we're talking about cobra stallone's cobra from 1986 and yes. um I mentioned this briefly once on our What the Wookiee Watch, and I promised that I would come back and look at this because it's a film that really deserves to be looked at for a number of reasons. Um, and you may think, but hang on, this is an action film. No, 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 no. I think that, you know, this is one of the very sort of early sort of, um, in my opinion anyway, um, horror action hybrid serial killer movies. I agree. I agree. If you um, if you scratch the surface of the themes in this movie, it's it's dark as hell. Oh and yeah, it's, that, it's definitely a horror. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, the, <laughs> I came across. I watched this film when I was seven. Right, <laughs> I rented it from the video shop when I was seven. In fact, I was that excited to see it. I'd made sure it was reserved on the day it was <laughs> oh, nice. released for me to go and see it. So I've always been a fan of this film. Um, but when did you come across this one? When did you come across so, this? So I was 10 when this was released. Yeah. Um, and I come from a family of Stallone nuts. <laughs> um, my sister's entire wall in her bedroom was was adorned with pictures of Sylvester Stallone. Um 
we were kind of a massive action movie family. So Stallone, Van Damme, you know, Lundgren, Schwarzenegger, nice. uh, the whole the whole lot. But we definitely were in the uh, in the Stallone camp, and uh, so anything that he did. Like we watched Nighthawks, Fist, you know, Lords of the Flatbush, the whole, yeah. the whole lot. So I can't remember specifically, but this would have been the minute this came to the video shop. I imagine my dad would have picked it up. Yeah. Had not, had not one of us. It was just like, oh, there's the new Stallone movie. We're renting it. So yeah, I, I watched this. Must have watched this back then because I, I remember it. And I remember parts of it, especially um, the, the You're the Disease, I'm the Cure. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mustn't have watched it again and then watched it twice this week to prepare, prepare for this uh, this episode. So, yeah, um, I'm really glad that you, uh, that you suggested doing this because I forgot how much, how much fun this film is to watch. Oh, it's, do you know what? And this is going to sound insane, when, particularly when we get into the plot and everything else. But this is a lot of fun. It is a lot mm. of fun. Um, and, it really is. And considering how dark this film actually is as well, and how violent this film is, yeah, it's so camp. It, but it's got a wicked cast. Yeah, it's got a superb cast. I mean, right, right, okay. How would you sum up the plot for Cobra? Um... So it's a it's a it's a tough. Um, oh, how can I? Say? I I'm, I'm stretching for the. So you've got a cop who is tired of uh, of felons getting off through the through the through the court system. So he's he's grizzled. He's uh, he's tough, um, and he's 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 kind of a doing it by his own rules kind of guy. Cobra, Marion Cabretti. Yes. Does it his own, he does it his own way. Um, there's loads of red tape around him, um, but there is a serial killer in Los Angeles who, uh, when we start the movie, he's already killed 15 people, <laughs> and it's and it's completely random. So the, the the police are struggling to find any links, uh, any any leads or anything, any evidence. Um, and then we kind of cut in, don't we, to to Cobra? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's there's a cult, isn't there? It's, it's a, it's a yeah. serial serial killing cult. Yes. Um. Yeah. So I'd, I'd sum it up: it's like a badass cop versus serial killing um, cult, and uh, a great product placement for Pepsi. <laughs> Pepsi. I mean, there. I mean, into this is this film mastered mastered product placement because <laughs> Without in, a doubt. within like what one single shot they managed to get pepsi and cause yeah in there and they managed to get him drinking a beer before taking out the bad guy yeah you gotta you gotta take the match out of your mouth first to do that absolutely absolutely <laughs> and i mean he's i mean i love the fact he's part of the zombie squad yes i do like that element of it which is like, that doesn't even make sense. However, yeah. doing some research about this, did you know the zombie squad actually exists? I didn't know that, but that, is, that makes this film even cooler. In Belgium. 
Oh, wow. There is you know? a, uh, essentially there is a, um, the, part of the Belgian police force. There is a, there's like a small unit who essentially just deal with nutters and they're called the zombie squad. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, this is, um, this is a bonkers film, obviously released theatrically in 1986, um, directed by George P. Cosmatos. Uh, produced by the legends Menachem Golan and Yoram Golas Globus, sorry from Gol, you know from Canon, um, yeah. with par- released under their deal with Warner Brothers, which I love because it's almost like Canon were Warner Brothers' dirty little secret. Yeah, yeah, I love that this is a Warner Brothers movie. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I mean, it's you know you look at the cast of this; it's got a great cast. And it's got an, you know, there's some really, really good, good character actors in this. Yeah, yeah. But of course, you know, we get Sly himself. We get Sylvester Stallone as Marion Cabretti. You get Bridget Nielsen, who was at, they were, this is, I think, essentially where they met. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you got Rene Santo- um, uh, Santoni as Gonzalez, the partner. You got Andrew Robinson. Now, Andrew Robinson's a great character actor. Yeah. And I came, do you know the first time I came across him? Dirty Harry. No, even be, I didn't even before uh, Dirty Harry. I was too young to get. I didn't sort of re, you know. I was aware Dirty yeah. Harry existed, but I hadn't really sort of you know watched L.A. Law. Oh yeah. Then he, there's an episode in L.A. Law where Andrew Robinson plays a character um, who has multiple personality disorder. Ah, bit of practice for Dirty Harry there. Yeah, well, but it, it, this is the thing. This is the crazy bit. What film came out very, you know, later on that had a, pretty much the exact same plot as L.A. Law? Don't know. Tell me. With Edward Norton, Primal Fear. Ah, oh, yeah. It's exactly no, the right. same. Yeah. Exactly the same. And I prefer Andrew Robinson's performance. And, of course, he was in Hellraiser. Yeah. Um, just a brilliant, brilliant character actor. Yeah, yeah. And then we got Brian Thompson. Yeah. Uh, you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer fans would remember him. Season one. Um, um, this was his first major role, yeah, as well. And I want to get I want to get into Brian Thompson a bit when a bit later on. Uh, but yeah, this this was his first first major role. Yeah, I mean he's done he has done tons. I yeah. mean he has done yeah. mountains. Um, I think he's got something ridiculous. Like he's got like over a hundred credits um, to his name. Um, we get uh, John Hersfeld, who plays Cho. Even though he's called Cho, yep. we never actually get his, his name's never said. Huh? He's like the Night Slashers sort of um, sniper. Yes, because every serial killer needs a sniper. Yeah, the Night Sniper. Yeah, <laughs> and then you get uh, Lee Garland uh, as Nancy Stork, and then you get the great Art Lafleur. Yeah, love him. Superb, and again, because he was in Dirty Harry as well, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Dirty Harry as well. Um, this is a bonkers, you know, it's a bonkers film. Absolutely yeah. bonkers film. Um, and what, you know, like you said, when you scratch the surface on this, there's so much that's going on behind the scenes as well. Yeah, and and there's reasons that it comes across as being bonkers. And we just chatted about this off mic before. Yeah. Um, about the fact that this was a, this was created as a completely different picture um considerably longer uh, much more character development and 
with a lot more violence. I mean, it's a violent movie anyway. Yes. Um, shocking in places, like really shocking. Um, it, uh, you know, it puts the fear of God of you up you if you ever think about if some if this actually happened, it'd be terrifying. Absolutely, and I mean, I remember you know, I remember being shot, being really frightened as a kid watching it. Well, what seven year old wouldn't be? But going back and watching it again and seeing that woman get in the car and then getting pulled over and then just these people smashing her car up with axes and sledgehammers and then that fucking knife. Yeah, yeah. That knife is huge. It's ridiculous. There was a bit, I read a bit on uh, Wikipedia that said that Sylvester Stallone found this um, knife maker and he just said to him, make a knife that the audience will never forget. I think he definitely achieved that. Oh, it's just because this thing is, the blade is just huge. And then it's got like a knuckle duster attached to it with spikes. Yeah. It's just insane. It's, it's, it's insane. It's brutal. Now, one of the things that I think, you know, we need to sort of talk about before we go any further than this. This was born out, you know, this Cobra, essentially, this has spawned, if you would count this one, it's sort of three films that come from this film. You get Cobra itself, but originally it started off uh, life as sort of uh, from Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, I I was reading this today, so this is why I uh, enjoy doing this podcast with you, because it makes you look deeper into movies that you've visited before um, for entertainment value. Um, But you don't want to come on the Undead Wookiee podcast and go, yeah, a good film. Yeah, it was all right. Uh, and, yeah, and, <laughs> um, and yeah, so Sylvester Stallone was given the part um, as a, of Axel Foley in Beverly Hills Cop and given the script. And Sylvester Stallone being Sylvester Stallone, screenwriter, you know, director, producer. Yeah. Um, he rewrote the script and took it back uh, and was told that his idea was far beyond any kind of budget that they're looking at. Um so Stallone walked yeah. with his repen script, um, and uh, Eddie Murphy was placed in as Axel Foley, and you know, thank God that happened for yeah. starters. Yeah, uh, I can't imagine Stallone with the banana and the tailpipe. No, <laughs> just know. not going to work. Eddie no. Murphy is flawless in that film. Yeah, and yes. um, and we also get Cobra out of the out of the out of the tailpipe. Yes. And the awful other thing that came from this was the Cindy Crawford film, Fair Game. Mm. Say no more. Which, um, moving on. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, which is, you know, you, the, he, he goes away and he takes this sort of, um, he take, and he comes up with this, this whole thing. And then he sort of obviously brings on board... Um, his, I suppose, in the eighties, sort of, Cosmatus was his go-to director. Yeah, and essentially, the joy of working, you know, Stallone working with Cosmatus was, um, he got to direct as well. Yeah, he essentially yeah. directed this film. Yep, I read that as well. It's just like um, he just gets hands-on with everything, doesn't he? When he's when he's doing a film, Stallone. Yeah, yeah, um, and it's really interesting, like some of the conversations. That went, that took place on set, um, and there's a brilliant the um, the cinematographer 
on this uh, famously fell out with Stallone um, uh, who was complaining about the film um, being too you know they were taking up far too much time and saying that they were falling behind um, and the the cinematographer this is a guy called Rick Waite um, who is well known for not being not taking any shit um, and this film looks stunning as well yeah it this really film does. looks great it looks absolutely superb and Stallone was sort of having a go with people saying that every, you know, everybody needed to work harder and they were falling behind. And then uh, Rick Wake pipes up and tells him, well, maybe if you took your hand off Bridget Nielsen's ass a bit longer, <laughs> yeah. we, we'd get a bit more work done. And apparently they had an almighty ding dong. However, they might, you know, Stallone kind of took it on the chin and, they, and the film, you know, got made. But um, Cosmatos just really didn't do an awful lot. Yeah. Yeah. And... and... Apparently, stuff I've read about this is like Stallone's ego yes. for this film was just at an all-time high. It was just, you know, almost unworkable. Yeah, and so, I mean, this is where he had his deal, obviously, with Canon, um, where they were paying him ridiculous, ridiculous amounts of money. Um because after this, he was it before or after? I think it was after this. He went on to make Over the Top. Yeah, yeah, afterwards, and yeah, that, um, it's not a great movie. Not a great film about um, arm wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's. Um, I cast- loved in that film how he had one really big arm. That was kind of the highlight for me. Yeah, <laughs> the, essentially a custody battle arm wrestling movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah and they paid um, him at the time twelve million dollars. Nice. Well which, done, Sly. Which, you know, well played. Well yep. played, sir. For a guy that came from nothing, well done. Yeah, yeah. It's Fair just, play to you. Yeah. Um, and I, had a, I, I had a bit of a dig around as well on, uh, so 1986. Whenever I look at a, a Stallone movie, I, I look at his main competitors at the time. And, yeah. um, Schwarzenegger had Raw Deal out in the same year, um, yeah. which is a batshit yeah. crazy film. Doesn't um, make any sense. Has one of my favourite movie lines of all time, which is uh, "Don't drink and bake." <laughs> <laughs> when, his, when his wife makes the the cake that she's yes. made look like a pile of shit, which is hilarious. Um, yeah. And Van Damme was uh, had a bit part role in the "No Retreat, No Surrender" mess. <laughs> Do you know what I love? "No Retreat, No Surrender." It's That's... a guilty pleasure. Oh God, it's just. It's just, it's just so strange. Yeah. It's just so strange. Van Damme is so hammy in that film. <laughs> and that's even at Van Damme levels. Yeah. Yeah. It turned up to <laughs> Ham 12. Yeah. Um, and, and good old uh, Steven Seagal, it was, uh, it was a couple of years prior, into, prior to him actually uh, making it to the movie scene. It wasn't even around. No. I mean, the ridiculous... Because this came out also around about the same, they had the kind of same summer release around about Top Gun as well. Um, yeah. So this, you know, which which did insane box office. Yeah. Insane box office. Um, but this, I think, you know, this went on and, you know, critically, I don't think this did too well. I've, I've got I've got a line at the top of my notes that says critical failure, box office smash. Yeah. Yeah. Because it. The budget was twenty five mil. Yeah, and it made a hundred and sixty. 
that's you know that's crazy that is absolutely crazy you know and yeah, go, go. No, go, I was going to say. And part of the reason, though, this film is such a mess is obviously they cut it. This to film shreds. is cut to ribbons. Because origin, the original runtime for this is two hours. It's two hours runtime. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they were going to give it an X rating. And then, obviously, they decided in order to get it into more theatres... They gonna they cut it down to eighty seven minutes. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And the thing is as well, if you um, so they cut it down for time and then sent it in for certification, and they said it's going to be an X. So then they had to cut it down to an R. And if you look at the if you look at some of the the critics' comments. And why they don't like it because it like jumps all over the place yeah, and there's no yeah. char- no character development. That's because of how it was cut. Yeah. So I mean, I would love to see the the original version, the two hour version, because I bet it's brilliant. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at you know when they talk about like the um, you know, and I mean, this is how why it sort of hangs in the you know, it's very much got its feet in the horror genre. The first the murder victim that we see on uh, with the night slasher is. The woman gets her throat cut and her hands cut off. Yeah. Which, in terms of like an opening murder scene, that's it's... that's pretty fucking hardcore. Yeah, that's horror. That yeah, that's genuine horror. And then, uh, you know, and what we're left with is essentially a sort of slow motion stabbing movement. Yeah. And that's it. And that's what we you know, and that's kind of what we're left left with. Um, yeah, and, and one of the scenes that were deleted was the uh, the night slasher. He then mails the hands to the police station. He doesn't mail; he gives a kid like you know some five bucks to take a parcel to the police station, and and in the box is the two hands. <laughs> Again, you know, <laughs> I would love to. You know, they do. I mean, there's been a lot of um, Stallone teased a couple of years ago, didn't he? A picture of himself um, stood next to the car. Yes. Um, and sort of the, the internet sort of almost exploded. Um, and did you know that was his car? Yeah. Yeah, and, 1950 Mercury Coupe. I've got some it customized. Uh, did 140 mile an hour, not to 60 in four seconds. That's just insane. If there's any car nuts out there. That's big numbers, right? It, it means nothing to me. <laughs> I drive a Toyota. but yeah it's um interesting they had um they had four stunt models of the car yeah um which basically were just fabricated shells yeah to look the same and then they had they they were set up to do different um actions so there was a special one that you could do the 180 turn in and yeah uh except one that could go on its roof and all that stuff yeah I mean, but, the... I mean when you talk about the egomaniac that was stallone at that point you can imagine him rocking up on the first day and going oh yeah we're using my car yeah, no, no, my no, car. yeah. <laughs> this, this is what we're doing this is what we're doing yeah. I, and one of my favorite moments mind you in this is the car chase the first car chase from the hospital mm. um where he puts the car in reverse and just just pulls a machine gun out of nowhere Oh yeah, and it's, it's just a... just rattles it off. 
yeah. just starts randomly firing into the crowd. And that um and that car that he that kind of pickup that he hits, yeah. it, it just disintegrates. It just Yeah, it's not like a case of it just sort of, you know, there's a few bullet holes. That thing just falls to pieces. You're just basically left with the frame. Yeah. <laughs> the chassis of the now, what, do you know what the body count is in this film? Um, it's high it's on both fi- counts, isn't it's it? It's 51. And out of the 51, Cobra has 46 kills. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He kills more than the fucking serial killer. It's one hell of a shot, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, and I like his... Um, I like how rapidly he just gets his gun out. Yeah, any opportunity. Like or the when fact he gets... he's walking around with it down the front of his trousers. I know, and there are scenes where it looks like it's very awkward. Yes. <laughs> they ain't a lot of room in M jeans. No, no. <laughs> now, this film starts off, um, you get this amazing sort of rattling off of statistics. Yeah, um, I love that. I love that opening line. Which is sort of is terrifying in its own in yeah. its own sense, um, and then we go into the the supermarket, um, where you get the famous line, yeah, you know, I'm I'm you're the disease and I'm the cure. That that scene itself is is fairly is really tense. Yeah, I, and again, if you think about kind of real life. The guy just rocks up to a supermarket, pulls out a shotgun, and starts unloading. Yeah, Terrif- terrifying. Yeah, and unfortunately, that happens more than than possibly we'd like to sort of think about. Yeah, which is just sort of which is really really um, which is re- which kind of you know people sort of dismiss Cobra, uh, and I'm not saying this is a film that should be taken in any kind of you know massively serious way, but it does sort of highlight. That these things do go on. Yeah. That there are just these, you know, these, and more so than we'd probably, probably like to think that actually happens. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and I mean the fact that, and you know, but then we do get into the, you know, the fact where the police officer, because this is one thing that we tend to sort of, I think Cobra forgets that he is a police officer. Um, he manages to disarm him by throwing a flick knife into him. Yeah. <laughs> And then shooting him several times, yeah. Um, whilst that, and then sort of help leaves it, you know, without taking his sunglasses off once. I, and there's quite it's. I noticed on this as well. It's like Stallone's movements are really deliberate. They look really deliberate. Yeah. In in this, especially in the early parts of this film. Yes. They it kind of looks almost robotic. How yeah. deliberate. It, and I don't know what I don't know whether that's because he's got the gun down his pants, <laughs> or um, yeah, or something he was trying to do. I, I just it's something that I noticed when I was watching it that he, he it looks so forced in parts, you know, with the over macho persona that he's that he's using. Yes, I, I don't I don't know if it was part of that, but it it struck me as obvious that he was so deliberate in, in a lot of his movements yeah absolutely and i mean he sort of there is that sort of moment isn't there where you know even when he's like sort of walking down the aisles or like when he's taking cover 
it, it does look a bit it does look a bit ministry of silly walks at times <laughs> yeah it does like he's just trying it's like am I, is it, it's like he's thinking all the time am i macho enough right yeah. now am i giving enough testosterone yeah <laughs> <laughs> am i enough testosterone it's but like it's still very very tense scene it's very well executed and like the whole of the you know like like the entirety of this it's so well shot yeah and like the 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 you know the even the cult scene you know the cult at the beginning where they're all banging their axes together um that's really well done yeah you know it's sort of you know but one thing did you notice though about the people banging those axes together on, tell me. They all look like accountants. Yes. Yeah, they're all suiting and booting, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, there's nobody in there that you'd think, oh, isn't that, you know, or if you'd looked, you'd sort of, you know, isn't that, that's, that's, that's die, he does my accounts. What's he? I didn't know he was an axe-wheeling <laughs> cult member. He does my accounts. So, the, I mean, the premise of the cult, isn't it, is that they're, uh, they're, they're basically, they are the hunters, they are yeah. the strong, and they're ridding the world of the weak. Yes. Um, for a new world order. Yes. And that's kind of where they're coming from. And their leader is the Night Slasher. Yeah. Um, but what's flummoxing the police is that they're, they're tracking a serial killer. They've got no idea of this cult. And um, so I imagine that, like, they're operating in a van, aren't they? There's like four of them in the yeah. van, pick, yeah. picking people at random. Yeah. Killing them off and then, you know, disappearing. So. That it's just awful to think about. Yeah, and it's that it's and it's the random violence of it, and um, the you know the way in which that first kill happens is just so grim. And and Lee Garlington, the way in which that she sort of you know she runs the car into that woman, uh, into the car. She says, you know, have you been drinking? And the way she just goes, yes. It's like, oh no. And then there's the, the axe tap on the window. Yeah. It's, and that's when you're like, she's fucked. Yeah, yeah. She's going to die really, really badly. Really badly. Um, but it's that, But it's so... The, the universe building in this is huge. It's absolutely huge. And it yeah. is a shame that they couldn't keep some of that in there. Yeah, I agree. Because you alluded to some of that earlier before while we were talking off air. Because obviously we sort of mentioned about Andrew Robinson and him being a great character actor, but you mentioned something about his part being bigger. Yeah, yeah. So um, the character development was a big part of the original shoot of this movie, the two-hour version. Um, and the critics criticised this because it was one-dimensional and Sylvester Stallone's character... Um, was the sole focus of everything that went on, and we and you're just supposed to supposed to suspend, you know, all belief and then accept every other character. But the original version of this did go to great lengths to build not only stories about Monty, um, who's Andrew Robinson's character, who's basically Cobra's rival in the police force, yeah. who who wants to he wants. You know, people taken in for justice go through the courts, and uh, Cobra just wants to shoot them in the face. <laughs> and um, but also, there was supposed to be much more development into the cult as well, and especially the you know the Night Slasher and, and what it's all about. So 
yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame that we we didn't get the yeah the full movie. But I, I guess if you look at the numbers again, twenty five million budget, bringing in hundred and sixty, you know, it yeah. was a success for that. For a lot of you know, a lot of people make movies to make money. Um, so in that regard, very very successful. Yeah, yeah, and it's incredible to think that obviously eventually Canon would go bust. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you know, it it does got to show you know the money that Canon blew, but yeah. um, this is like it's such a shame because it does yeah. feel you know in so many ways it could have been so much more. And I, you know, like I said, I desperately would love to see uh, the restored director's cut to this. Yeah, it would be brilliant. And you think, like you say, it's shot wonderfully, great cast. Yeah. Yeah. You know, We've lost out on something. Yeah, definitely. Now, one of the things that also struck me in this, this is clearly sort of uh, pre-Me uh, Too, um, because yeah. when we're introduced to uh, Bridget Nielsen's character, Ingrid, yeah, um, she's on a photo shoot because she's a model. Yeah. And um, we get the brilliant, brilliant, you know, you know, even Rocky had a montage, so did Cobra. Everybody yeah, forgets yeah. that. Um, you get the brilliant Angel of the City montage, yeah. which is just superb. I love that song. I love it. I, I, I got to be honest, I probably play that track far too much in my house. <laughs> <laughs> it is a good tune. It, it is, is a good tune. It is. Fair play. Yeah, to the point now where my wife goes, really, again? <laughs> again? Stop, stop it, Hugh. Yes. That Turbo Kid and recently the Maniac soundtrack. Um, oh, nice. But it's like, but you get that scene. And then you get this this, converse, this bizarre conversation between yeah. um, the, you know, the photographer um, and, uh, and, and sort of Bridget Nielsen's character where you say, you know, I could really help your career. All you have to do is sleep with me. Yeah. And yeah, it's... Like, it's um... I'm sure it's what most models go through, to be honest. It's just, it's just, you know, it's, you know, it's so. I remember being, going, watching it recently again, and I'm being quite shocked by it, just how brazen it is. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's funny you should mention the montage because I know now, now I'm a regular on the podcast. Yes. I, I've got a little section for um, your question. What are your highlights? Yeah. And, um, but I've got many in this film, so it's all good. But I did have the montage down I because I, I like how it works in three parts. Yeah. So you've got the, you've got the fashion shoot, which looks great with all the robots in the background and yeah. music and yeah, um, Bridget looking beautiful. Um, and then you've got Cobra. He's working. You know, yeah. he's, he's, do, he's doing the cop thing. He's you uh, know work your fingers to the bone, yeah. not to the yeah. bone to bone. To bone, dragging people over the bar, yeah, you know all that kind of stuff. And then you've also got the the, the night slasher and his cult, yeah, uh, and what they're doing. And what was cut from this montage as well was um, a lot of the cultists doing their everyday. So there's like, and there's a great scene of the night slasher like working in a in a tuna factory, right. slicing up slicing up all the fish. Um, and it and it, it it works really well. It looks amazing. And then you've got some of them, like the sniper guy, um, Cho. He is a welder. Um, 
And you got uh, uh, Nancy Stark, the cop. She's yeah. on the shooting range, and it that's such such a great element to have to that. Mo- I mean, it works anyway. It works really well anyway. Yeah. Just to have the like the three part montage. Yeah. But I think I, I can't see why they would cut out that because that is that's giving depth, isn't it? Absolutely, and it's, you know, and the, it's sort of you kind of you know montages of like is a really interesting tool um, because it can be used perfect if you use it really really well it cuts you know you, it, you you know you don't have to use the full sort of you don't need the character to give the big exposition dump yeah and it can be really it can be done really really well um and that would have been you if that had been if we've been able to see that it would have created far more depth the world would have got a bit more understanding yeah to it uh cabretti wouldn't have been just this one man killing machine there would have been a bit of detective work going on in there yeah yeah um you know and you know we possibly would have had answers to why is he eating pizza with the scissors <laughs> which i'm surprised it took this long to get to the, the scissors <laughs> <laughs> makes no sense it makes no sense it's so odd it's yeah. like is there yeah. a backstory for the pizza it's like there's there's only he's only got one slice left. Why would you put um, one slice left? I mean, I mean, you know, he's clearly in shape. He's not, you know, like you know, left. It's like the line from The Simpsons, isn't it? Leftover <laughs> lasagna. It's you know that he's. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But then to just cut a little triangle off the end of one slice of pizza. <laughs> and why does he keep his gun cleaning kit in an egg carton box in the I- fridge? I don't know, but I love that. I love that he gets pizza box and eggs out, and you think, like, what's his game? Yeah, that and thing. And then he's got his, his secret little gun cleaning kit. And why would you uh, hide your gun cleaning kit? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I don't. He's got a special. He's got a special weapon, though. Hasn't he? The, the the motif on it on the yes. grip of his gun is is very cool. Yes, I'm. I'm pretty sure that's not standard police issue, though. No, like his car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, d- this is another great scene with great product placement in it. Did you catch it? Um It's on the, the one te- that... it's on the telly. Oh no, no, I must uh Toys R Us. I... Oh yes. And yeah, technically technically Cobra is a Christmas movie. Oh, is it? It's set at Christmas. I'll have to start watching it with Die Hard then every Christmas. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's on the list. It is. <laughs> Come on, on family, list. let's sit around after dinner and watch Cobra. But I did pick up on the uh, the news story is horrifying if you listen to what is being said about the murders. See, um, I, I knew I I didn't quite catch that. What is it? What does it talk about? What's the detail in that? So the the detail in that is that basically there's been fifteen murders so far all at random uh mainly women uh, killed in a variety of ways um but also the killing of a child that was sexually assaulted before death <laughs> oh jesus christ and yeah it doesn't get much well it doesn't get worse than that does it no and no, just, no and it's so he's there eating pizza and this is just rolling out on on his tv <laughs> And there's a Toys R Us advertisement after yeah. it. That's, again, it's so... Uh, you watch this film and you do sort of let... It, it does kind of wash over you, doesn't it? 
Mm, there because is that. of the action kind of, you feel like it's an action movie, but it isn't. No, and it sort of washes over you and you sort of, you miss lots of these things. And like, I knew there was sort of, I remember it talks about the sort of, you know, the Night Slash and it's only now you say, you never remember thinking, yeah, actually, they, you know, you get to, you get some more of those things. Um, but those get like overshadowed shadowed by the massive car chase. Yeah. The enormous gunfight that takes place at the end of this film. Yeah. And, you know, the sort of, you know, I think one of the great scenes actually in this is the hospital scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where the lead up to that as well is brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's so well done and so well executed. Um, and sadly, it got cut as well. There was far yeah. more to that that yeah. actually sort of took place. And I remember like in one of the interviews, um, they were saying about sort of how like the stunt people were impressed with Bridget Nielsen about actually how sort of athletic she actually was. Um, yeah. Because she did a lot of her own work, you know, some of her own stunt work in it. Yeah, she's uh, she's great. And I think the the whole lead up, so the, the car chaser one, one thing that sticks out for me in the car chase is the two perfect shotgun. Yes. Um, there's two. So initially he, he shoots out both headlights yeah. Of, Co- of Cobra's car with a sawn-off shotgun while driving at speed. Yes. Brilliant. Uh, and then when they go between the two, there happens to be two petrol tankers um, yeah. parallel um, yeah. <laughs> across the freeway. Um, and two again, just one shot, the first one explodes, second shot. It's just the night slasher. Is one hell of a shot with a sawn-off shotgun. Absolutely, and it's it's incredible. However, never manages to hit him. No, never manages hit, to hit him. He can hit anything except Cobra. Yeah, <laughs> and even Cho, who's supposedly this sniper. Yeah, he's he's got to be the worst sniper ever. He's a stormtrooper. Yeah, he is. He is a stormtrooper. <laughs> the, the same shooting range that they all go to because, you know, he doesn't hit anything at all um however he does get a really cool death he does you know um is it some sort of like petrol like sort of flammable liquid uh, yeah and i've got a note about this <laughs> i feel like i'm ripping holes in this film <laughs> even though i love it <laughs> yeah. but um so they're in a steel works um, um and then this is the other, yeah i gotta be honest with you health and safety is non-existent yeah, absolutely. But in this steelworks, Cobra happens to find a barrel full of flammable liquid without a lid on. <laughs> you're like, course, who left that there? With like, and you know, of course, you know, to let us know that you're in a steel mill, there is sparks everywhere. Yeah, yeah. you're like, here we go, flammable liquid. Yeah, there we it's go. Fine. It'll be absolutely fine. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Uh, just look the other way. It's absolutely but fine. Yeah, I think you've kind of. I think the hospital part of the movie is the best part of the movie. Yeah, yeah. I it's really good, and I think Brian Thompson is probably at his best in the film with the build up to in that moment. Yeah. And in that scene, I think you know. I think that scene itself is really, really good. And Bridget Nielsen actually makes a fairly believable final girl in that thing. In that scene. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I'll buy that. I think um, it's like just before the hospital scene, it's like a it's like a non-montage montage where there's stuff going on with Cobra, you yeah. know, it's, it's uh, police stuff going on. Yeah. Arguments, red tape and all that. And then back at Slasher home. Yes. Um, he's, you know, he's, he's changing his image. So, you know, he's planning, sharpening his knife and everything. And it's, it's really well done, and it's it's unnerving. Yeah, because I, he he never he never alters his gaze. No, not at all. No. Do you know what I love though is where he's considering killing the woman who's told him off in the lift. Oh yeah, I've got that. I love that. So I love that scene. It's because she's giving him a full on bollocking. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I just love it. Do you, you know, use the service elevator, dickwad. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh, you're going to get stabbed. Yeah, you're going to get it. But then I was thinking, you know, how stupid is the night slasher? Because he's not getting away with that. No, no. You're in a busy hospital. You can't just stab people in lifts and, no. you know. No, of course you can't. Ridiculous. <laughs> You've got an objective. Yeah. You know, stick to it. He's not, pl- he's, he's not goal-orientated enough, I don't think. I think that's no, where he sort, no. of, uh, he sort of lets him down. Now... <laughs> And that sort of, and like that scene where, you know, he sort of, it's almost reminiscent. There's a touch of Halloween too to it. Yes, especially where the cop is talking to the nurse. Yes. That would just really give me a Halloween two vibe. Yeah, absolutely. And you sort of, you get this sort of, um, you get that moment where the nurse sort of opens up the, uh, you know, to put, turns back the bed in. And there's the, sort yeah. of, there's the dead body and then he grabs her from underneath. Yeah. And then pulls her down. That's a, again, it just it's got such a wonderful sort of horror slasher vibe to it. Yeah. And I think, and it leads. Go on, go. I think if the film had, was able to sort of sustain that um, and keep that vibe going, I think we'd be talking about this in a very very different light. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure the full version has a lot more of that. And yeah. from the scene with the bed, we go straight into another classic horror trope where yeah. she's where she's in the bathroom and the knife comes through the door. Yeah. That's just it's full on horror that. Absolutely. You know, she you she know. thinks it, she thinks it's gone. It's gone quiet and then bam through the door you've got that horrible knife. Yeah, and she does a really good she you know, she does a really good she gives a really good performance. There's this great sort of there is that sort of that final girl almost sort of shining esque moment to it. Yeah. So we got the Halloween two vibe. You got the shining thing going on there, but it never quite sustains it. No, it, it it never quite sustains it. But that's because again, through the editing and it and it does give it that choppy kind of kind of yeah. feel to it. Um, you know, and one of the things that I really really love after that, there's the meeting that takes place. Yeah, and yeah. you've got all the coppers in there, and you know, sort of he grabs hold of. Um, he grabs hold of Monty, you know, because he, you know, he looks like he's going to kill him. And then before yeah. he leaves, you know, I think he's, it's it must be like his boss, his boss, is there and says to him, "You know, Cobretti, you've got an attitude problem." And he says, <sighs> "Yes, but only a small one." Oh, yeah, it's zinger, great. zinger, yeah. <laughs> pow. <laughs> I'm borrowing then, that. I've got to borrow that. I'm sorry. I'm going to have yeah. to bring that out at some point. <laughs> oh, you need to. You need to. I, what I think is really consistent in this film, a uh, great 
performance by Stallone. It's that everybody has got the wrong idea about Cobra. So if you see how he is with Ingrid and how he is with the when they stop at the motel and there's yeah. that little yeah. shop outside, how he is with the with the old ladies running that store, how he is with his partner. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a. Uh, He's got a big heart, really. You know, he's, it, it's, you know, he's, he's wired the right way, but he's just had enough yeah. of people getting off, yeah, with with like horrific crimes. So he blows them away. Yeah, well, you it know? just seems paperwork, uh, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it, but he, I mean, morally, you know, we won't get into that because the the we'll be here all night. <laughs> um, but he's consistent with it. Yeah, absolutely, and, absolutely. And there's, it's never he never wavers, does he? No. And again, I think you suppose if you want to get sort of slightly, um, slightly deeper on it, it's that idea that him and the Night Slasher actually are different sides of the same coin. Yeah, yeah. You I know? picked up on that. You know, and, are... he, and the Night Slasher says that, doesn't he, at the end when the, when he's chatting on? Yeah. Um, were the hunters? Yes, yeah, and it's it's almost like the classic Joker line, isn't it? That you're one bad day away from being me. <laughs> you know, and I think classic. I think sort of you know, Cobra is very very much. If he has, you know, if he had a good couple of bad days, I'm sure the body count would have been a lot higher. You know, it's yeah, you know, it's, uh, it, it's, it was high enough though. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, <laughs> There's a lot. I mean, like that end, you know, that end sequence. He is killing everything that moves. Yeah. Everything. Without, without a blink of the eye. Oh God, yeah. And it's almost like a video game, where he's on the back of he's on the back of the. Um, seems like something out of sort of um, Red Dead Redemption, where you're on the train, you know, and you're trying to sort of shoot people off as the train's moving. Mm. And considering, you know, sort of Ingrid has never been trained in any kind of sort of. Um, uh, evasive driving maneuvers. She does really, really well because he's yeah, able to yeah. stand up and gun everyone down while she's driving yeah. like a maniac. One hell of a center of gravity Stallone yes. has. Yes, um, and I, I love that. I love that whole the big shootout scene. It's really good. I mean, it it makes no sense from a strategical point of view because if, if they'd all just got off the bikes and you know maybe put together a little bit of a formation and. Thought rushed. about it, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They were, Stallone was fucked, but yeah, just riding round, firing your you gun on your motorbike randomly, um, randomly, yeah, you know, yeah, or, yeah, all over the place, yeah, or, or just or just driving your motorbike through the hotel door, yeah, of course, just, it's fine. And did you and see just, the guy with the baseball cap, the blue baseball cap, and the shotgun? All he does is run from one side and slide on his knees and shoot his gun. And yeah. then he runs the other side and slides on his knees and shoots his gun. And they it's, get shot. Yeah. Or the fact that a police officer has hand grenades. Yeah. That's complete standard issue. Yeah, of course it is. You know, but at the end, nobody actually sits down with him and goes, look, we'd really need to have a conversation. Um, you were clearly using some kind of machine gun. That is not standard issue. Yeah. Um, then the hand grenades. Um, yeah, we, we need a chat, Marianne. Yeah. Do you want to come and yeah, just this... have a have a sit over here, and we'll uh, we'll go from there. This is your therapist. 
I do, I do like the uh, I do like the bit where he uh, he leaves the grenade uh, yes. on on in the steelworks and then he's got his laser sight, hasn't he? See, and uh, and the two bad guys come in and he and he ignites the grenade with a single shot. Yes, of course. It's pretty, it it's pretty cool. But yeah. I think um, the the whole shootout though, and this does teeter between horror and, and action. Yeah. That is like fresh out of the action handbook and it and the way that the guys are that are getting shot are like dancing around the place and you know i've been here and they're doing backflips and all that it just takes me to the you know the the end garden on commando yeah where where he's gunning everyone down and the you know there must have been some sort of sweepstake going on for who could do the most outrageous yeah fall to the ground yeah absolutely and that and that scene kind of takes quite a lot away from Cobra, the essence of, of Cobra as a, as a horror movie. Well, I think uh, that's, the, that's the moment where it completely slides into the sort of the cliched action trope. Yeah. And you, you sort of, it moves it away from those intense horror moments and then sort of more people remember the guy doing the being blown up on the motorbike and bursting into flames and like yeah. rolling around the floor than they do the, than the hospital scene which is a tremendous yeah. sequence yeah i agree you it's know. um it is pure action um uh, endless bullets yeah you know explosions people falling all over the place motorbikes car chase yeah um yeah, and another thing I noticed about that whole scene as well is Stallone isn't doing a lot of the work, and they've got a pretty not great stunt uh, replacement because you can really tell it's not Stallone. Yeah, <laughs> and there's, a, there's a lot of scenes that just stuck out. And you're like, that's not Stallone. Yeah, that's yeah, not Stallone. Yeah, and, I, yeah, I, and that's completely fine because you know actors like Stallone especially at this time in their career, worth a lot of money. Yeah. But there was one, the bit where they're running through the trees and when they've got out of the car, it's not him. It's, and it's yeah. like him just, it's like him just being an egomaniac. I'm not fucking running through the trees. No. Oh, <laughs> I've had an hard day. Let's be joking. I've killed 43 people today. <laughs> Get the stunt double in. Get the stunt double in. Get him in. I'm not doing that shit. Where's my tab? I might get a pine needle in my eye. <laughs> <laughs> now, that final fight between yep. Cobra and, and the Night Slasher, it's a pretty good fight. It's, it's yeah. quite a simple you know, fight scene by compared to today's standards. However, the way in which Cobra disposes of the Night Slasher, it has got to be up there with some of the best, one of the best villain offings. Uh, it's right up there with Commando. Yeah. It's right up there with Commando, and probably a bigger kill than, oh, yeah. than let off steam Bennett. <laughs> you know, he... not going to shoot you between the eyes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to shoot you between the balls. <laughs> which makes no sense. Which means no. he's going to miss. Yeah, <laughs> but he sort oh, of, you know, Capretti picks up the night slasher. And puts him on a hook, and yeah. then pushes the hook into the fire. Yes, I mean if it's 
if being impaled by a large rusty hook isn't bad <laughs> enough, you need to get barbecued as well. And he's screaming. Uh, that that performance is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And again, I don't think he gets enough credit. He really doesn't get enough credit because yeah. he hasn't got an awful lot to work with. Yeah. I I just think I wanted to talk a bit about uh, Brian Thompson in this um, because he's brilliant. He's so brilliant. He's so consistent throughout. Yeah. He's ter- He's terrifying. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, the speech at the end where he's like spitting the word pig yeah. all over. He he looks like a maniac, which is what he's meant to be. Absolutely. Just com- comes across as an absolute maniac. And then what, when he's impaled, you know, he's writhing yeah. in agony. Absolutely writhing. I mean, it, 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 it gave me goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Though, because he, it's so vocal. Yeah. Um, and I just think his performance throughout is consistent and brilliant. And to say that's his first major role. Absolutely. And, and I know he's done like shitloads of films since and stuff like that. But I think if that's your first role and you pull off something like a bit part, because it's not, it, it is all about Cobra, this film. Oh, because absolutely. Of the cut, because of the cuts. But. The most memorable character in Cobra is the Night Slasher. Yeah. Oh, and it's a great. I mean, of course, it's 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 um, it it's like an it's it's a sort of nod to uh, Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but do you want to know who he performed that scene to? Because Stallone <laughs> wasn't there. Oh, what was he? He was actually off watching basketball. <laughs> As you do. Um, he performed that scene with the script supervisor. Wow. So he gives, the, you know, you think about like the intensity of that performance. Yeah. And it must be know, terrifying. And the. Can <laughs> you imagine? The poor script girl going, okay, um, uh, you're, okay. Uh, I'm the cure. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to have nightmares. Yeah, but. For you know, weeks. <laughs> but yeah, Stallone wasn't there. You know, it's a mark of his professionalism that actually he sort of he delivered that level of performance. Yeah. Because um, there's a lot of actors who would have been really pissy about all of that. Who would have got really, really pissy about it all. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But he, just, he, he was just quality. Yeah. Just quality. And I really enjoyed his performance. Yeah. I think he's... I, I, and again, I really... I, I've seen him in quite a few things. Um, and of course, people remember him for Buffy. Um, he was in, um, you know, you know, Dragonheart. Um, yeah. Uh, he was also in, um, you know, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, but we won't go into that. <laughs> um, we ain't got time. No, <laughs> that's a, that's a podcast in itself. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, he's a really good actor, and he's, yeah. you know, he, he delivers. He delivers on all of his sort of, you know. I mean, he's popped up in Star Trek. Um, he's in. He did. Yeah, go on. He did loads of TV initially, and he was in. He was in all the greats. So he's in uh, Street Hawk, Knight Rider. Yeah. Um, Falcon Crest. I, he's in. Is it? Oh wow! Yeah, I've just found that on um, <laughs> on IMDb. <laughs> he's in five episodes of Falcon Crest. He, he, he could have just quit then. 
Well, you know, I would have retired at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, again, it's a, it's a because I remember him talking and trying to have a conversation with Stallone about his character, um, and talking to the direct, trying to get some sort of motivation about it, and they were just like, "No, just stand there and be scary." Yeah, yeah. You know, which is which is such a shame, really. Yeah. Which is such a shame, but he's. Um, I really, really, really like 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 this performance. In fact, you know, people giving um, Bridget Nielsen stick for a performance in this. Um, she hasn't got an awful lot to work with, to be fair to no. her. But she no. does a great job. She does a superb yeah, job. Yeah. Absolute superb job. So, what are the highlights for you then? Right, I'm going to go with. I've got a couple, so I'm going to. Um, one thing that I really picked up on this, and um, it was. I just found it great was the chemistry um, between the two cop pairings. So Cobra and Gonzalez are brilliant. Yeah. Some of the, some of the exchanges that they have make you feel like they were friends forever. Yeah. Um, I I love the line that the exchange between them, where he says about when he, about Cobra sort of looking at Ingrid and as he's walking off, he calls him a fucking liar. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, Brilliant, but then you've also got the chemistry between Captain Sears and Monty, which yeah. are kind of like good cop, bad cop in a way. But it's kind of like one of them knows that, like Sears knows that Cobra's got to do what he's got to do for them to ever yeah. stop the Night Slasher. Yeah, and then Monty is completely by the book, so much so that you know he just becomes a dick. Yeah, but but there's chemistry between those two. Yeah. Um, Especially from Art Lafer, who's Captain Sears, because he's yeah. just a brilliant actor, yes. and he holds the whole thing together. But and you can see him working Cobra and Monty to make it work. It's like real, um, you know, what a real captain would do. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Playing, pe- playing people to their strengths. Yeah, and I, and I thought that really, really came across. Um, and the other thing. It's a highlight for me. Is some of the lines that are in this movie, and I've made notes. There's some gems because there's some absolute gems. So we have got. Oh, first of all, the number plate on uh, on yeah. Cobra's car is <laughs> awesome, and I think it's going to be an awesome five zero, which yeah. is like pointing to a five liter. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, but so there's the bit. Where he does, uh, he's on the on the mic in the supermarket. Yeah, and and he says, uh, "Hey, dirtbag, you're a lousy shot. You wasted the kid for nothing. Now it's my time to waste you." <laughs> There's nothing quite like trying to calm the situation down, de-escalate. No, no. And then he's and then he's chatting to the maniac, and he and he's got a bomb, and he goes, "Go ahead, I'm going to blow this place up." And Cobra says, "Go ahead, I don't shop here." <laughs> <laughs> which is awesome and then monty has a brilliant line when they're uh when they're arguing and he says this is police work not jumping through windows <laughs> there are some brilliant lines in this. yeah and um dan who is the photographer says to ingrid um i would be sick not to want to sleep with you <laughs> don't do it for me do it for your career, which you mentioned. <laughs> it's you terrible. Mentioned, it's oh, terrible. No. 
It is terrible. It's, it's so bad. And um, you were just saying then when uh, Gonzalez and Cobra were talking outside. Yeah. And uh, and he and he calls him a fucking liar. Yeah. Well, Co- Cobra's comeback to that is, "Watch your mouth. You're in public." Yes. And Gonzalez yes. goes, "Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that." <laughs> yeah, yeah, just some of the, some of the lines, and then just another uh, at the end where um, this night slasher is uh, doing his rant and spitting out the word "pig" left, right, and centre. He says, I want your eyes, pig. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Which is, if that's not going to put the fear of God up you, I don't know what it is. Yeah. I mean, one um, of my other, like, my favourites is from Gonzalez. He says, you know, when this is over, I'd like to celebrate by punching a hole in Monty's chest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a cracker. Um, and then just for highlights, I've just got two scenes that pop up that just, like stick out for me. Yeah. So when he's in the when he's um, sneaking around the the shop the supermarket yeah. at the start. Yeah. He go he goes up the freezer aisle. Yes, he does. And all, and all the doors are open, uh, and there's dry ice everywhere, and there's there's just a guy in a wheelchair. Yes. <laughs> just like cowering with his head in his hands. That's... <laughs> but like surrounded by dry ice, it just looks like surreal and then when he's um when he's arguing the guy that he gets to move his car yeah um while he's while he's talking to him a woman goes past on roller skates and she's holding a sail off like a windsurfer see how it's completely bonkers it's just pure it's pure 80s but i'm just like was that just like did they put that in purposely Oh, was that just someone who got through the through the tape? Just as appeared. <laughs> you know, I skate here every day. I don't yeah. care what movie's being made. I, do you know what I love at that moment? When he just rips the guy's shirt off. Yeah, and you can see his mic taped to his chest. Yes. <laughs> I, for, I forgot about Yeah, you can see the tape. Oh, that's, that's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. <laughs> uh, right, here we go. Here, highlights for you. Oh, my highlights. I mean... I love that opening scene where he sort of, you know, he's, he comes into the supermarket and that that moment where um, the, you know, the, the, the sort of the killer, you know, is, is letting that first person go. And, he's, yeah. he's, and, you, and, you know, and it's like, oh, my God. However, there's a great line from Monty before it, which says, just give me a few more seconds. I will have this under control. Yeah, which not is, happening, mate. Which is just like you're deluded. Yeah, that's absolutely it's it's insane. And then the other, you know, one of the moments I absolutely love um, in this, and it's the moment um, where you get the sort of you you've got the um, you have the car chase coming out and from the hospital, and when, like I said, was mentioned earlier, where he spins the car around and like he just completely obliterates the one car. But still, with one hand, he spins the car back round the right way and then hits the nitrous oxide. So he goes sort of from like driving in reverse to gunning a car down to spinning it round one hand whilst holding a machine gun to flipping the nitrous oxide on to doing 140 you know, miles an hour. <laughs> 
now, he's got three arms. Yeah, and it's right up there with like Ricker Hauer in the Hitcher shooting down a helicopter with a handgun <laughs> whilst driving off road. Yeah, it's, these, and these we, guys. And that moment where you know, and the other thing where he you know he sets Cho on fire, which yeah. is uh, you know the fact that he uses the matchstick that's been in his mouth. Yeah, and the, lights it on the gun. He lights it on the gun. It's just so ridiculous. It's just, yeah. but it's that moment, uh, you know, where the film sort of does tip very, very much in that sort of 80s, sort of, you know, that, that sort of way. But for me, this, you know, it's got really strong horror, horror elements in it. And the fact that, you know, you get that great opening scene where, like I said, where she's like, have you been drinking? And it's like, yes. And then the yeah. tap on the window. Really well done. I think it trips up on its on its macho, doesn't it? Yes, yeah. It's sort of it's it's almost like watching some sort of really jacked up nineteen year old rugby player who is just so full of his own testosterone that it just doesn't know what to do with itself. Yeah, it doesn't know whether yeah. you know doesn't know what to do. Not a clue. It's got all the components there, but has no idea what to do. So it just sort of stands there flexing. And then runs into a wall. Yeah, and then runs into a wall. It's got it's got no sort of you know. I it, I think if we were able to see the full version of it, um, whether or not that might be too long, who knows? But I would love to see more of that exposition. I would love to have seen more of that sort of you know the fact to see Monty being the sort of the mastermind behind it all, and really sort yeah. of it, it to delve into those horror elements to it. It sort of, yeah, you know, it would give the night slasher that sort of almost Jack the Ripper kind of feel to him. Yeah, because it, it's all there. The, the potential is there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, mean, I think what you're left with is a film that doesn't really know what it is and a film that you can either scratch the surface off um, and, and delve deeper and, and, and have some appreciation of it. Yeah, or or you're left with a like an action slasher that you can poke a bit of fun at and have a laugh. Yeah, with and uh, and when you finish, you can go and drink a Pepsi. Yes, because Pepsi's everywhere. It's even <laughs> on the side. It's even on the side of his house. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and there's a the scene where the guys try to when the guys attack him outside his house. Uh, he stands up in front of the sign. Uh, and waits there for a split second for him to shoot him. In yeah, the chest. of course he does. Of course he does. Now the other thing as well, this had a Commodore sixty four game release. Yes, yes. Which uh, I I owned it. Oh god, I never was, owned it. It was Ocean Software, oh. the classic. Uh, it was the most buggy, glitchy, unfinishable game you've ever played. Oh, wonderful. I see. Is it right up there with the Ghostbusters game? On uh, the Commodore 64, I, which made no sense at all. I, I would mean, say um, the Ghostbusters game was more fun. Ah, nice. Nice. Yeah. See, now, this is, the, this is crunch time now. Yeah. Scores on the doors. I'm, I'm, I'm wavering. Um, I think. I had a I had a solid seven point five before we started chatting. Yeah. Um, but I think a solid seven is a is a fair yeah a fair reflection of uh, of nineteen eighty six's 
Cobra yeah. starring Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, I think in all in all honesty, and in sort of even you know, looking at it through sort of nostalgic eyes and those, it's it, you know it definitely can't be anything above a seven. There's no way on earth that it can be above a seven. Um, but oh god, it's such a good. It's so good. It's so entertaining. Um, you know, it is sort of equally shocking, terrifying, real, completely over the top, um, batshit insane at times. But God, it's entertaining. Uh, you know, and even just if you, you know, you can watch, like I said, you can watch this and sort of really dig deep into it, or you can just switch it on and just completely switch your brain off. And enjoy it. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, you know, for me, I could sort of enjoy this as a double bill alongside like Tango and Cash. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I watched it twice in a week. Yeah. Um, and that wasn't difficult to do. I think yeah. it does. It does drag a little bit in the, in, in the, you know, the final third before yeah. we get to the finale. Yeah. I think you're right. Um, but it's, it's a great fun movie. It's got a great cast. There's some brilliant exchanges in it, some wicked one-liners, some horror elements that are genuinely, you know, yeah, unnerving. Yeah. Um, and, and again, I completely agree with you. The, the hospital scene, it, it's the standout part of this film. Yeah, absolutely. It's really, really, it's very good. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a genuine good fun entertaining watch yeah absolutely absolutely um we have just talked for the best part of nearly an hour and 20 about 1986's cobra mr hall i don't think there's anybody else possibly maybe peter that we could have gone this long and in this amount of detail uh about cobra um thank you so much for being back on my friend i honestly it's been a blast thank you so much my pleasure. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it, man. It's a good movie, good chat. Um, on to the next one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Remind the good people where they can find you on the social media. Uh, so on Instagram as Alt Movies, um, Twitter a bit more of late as uh, Alt Movies Insta. Um, yeah, just knocking about there. Drop right. me a message, uh, check out my reviews, and uh, I'll, hopefully I'll be. Invited back onto the uh, oh, under- most definitely, <laughs> most definitely. Thank you, my friend. God, I, it's been great, honestly. Thank you nice so one. much. You take care now. See, you, mate. Nice one, Hugh. Bye, bye. Once again, I want to say a big thank you for Darren to being on. Honestly, it's always a pleasure. It's going to be back very, very soon, and we're going to be discussing another blended hybrid movie which you're you're gonna love because i love it and you know if you're listening to this podcast hey you're a trapped audience so (laughs) i've had a lot of coffee folks i do apologize now before we go any further i'd like to remind everyone and i'm going to be doing this for a little while so i make no apologies for this is i have launched my indiegogo campaign to shoot the feature version of school hall slaughter now the campaign has got off to a great start and before i go any further i really really need to give these magnificent people a huge shout out because honestly without them um 
my film wouldn't be happening. So these incredible people, I want to say a big, big thank you to. So first of all, I want to say a big thank you to Mr. Richard Jones for his donation. DC Harrison, thank you, brother. I really appreciate it. Jonathan Pate, wonderful. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. Gorehound, brilliant name. What a wonderful name. I'd like to be at that christening. I christen you, Gorehound. Amazing. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Robert Gribble, thank you, man. I honestly, it means the world. Genuinely, genuinely appreciate it. Hey, the one and only CL Raven have even dropped a little coin into the purse. Thank you, gals. I really, really appreciate it. Um, Hill Burton, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Peter Mahoney, Peter Mahoney, I can't wait. Peter managed, has snagged himself one of our... Um, one of our great perks, and is going to be appearing in the film. That's right. The man is going to be. He's going to arrive on set. He's going to play. He's going to have lines. He's going to be in the movie. So thank you, man. I appreciate it. Jonathan McLean, thank you. Honestly, it's wonderful. Thank you so much. Uh, the one, the only, uh, Richard Roundtree. Thank you, man. I appreciate your support. Fabulous guy, ladies and gentlemen. You can find him over at Twitter. Um, great, great, great guy with some really, really interesting insights into the industry itself. Ryan Graham, thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Every little penny helps. And of course, the one, the only, Jonathan Hunt. Thank you, my brother. I really, really genuinely appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Thank you, guys. You are helping in these... In, it's a really, really difficult time at the moment, particularly for the arts. And content doesn't just sort of magically appear for everyone. It takes time. It takes effort. And unfortunately, it takes a little bit of coin to do it. And thank you, guys, because you were playing your part. And I can't wait to bring this to you, this film to uh, for you guys to see. Honestly, I genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, I want to say thank you so much. Okay. Up next, we have got What the Wookiee Watched. <laughs> Okay, what we have got on What the Wookiee Watched is a rather special one. Um, so it's, it's just the one uh, on What the Wookiee Watched, but actually it is V, the miniseries from 1983. Let's check out the trailer. Tonight is your chance to see how it all began, to relive the excitement that is V, the most extraordinary miniseries ever. A daring TV journalist struggling to uncover the startling truth behind the alien's visit to Earth. And a beautiful and brave young scientist fighting for the very survival of the human race. Together, they take you on a fantastic journey to meet the visitors. Prepare yourself for a television event that's out of this world. Prepare for V. Next. Okay, that was the trailer. That, I think that was the NBC trailer, actually, uh, for V, the miniseries from 1983. Um, this was written and directed by Kenneth Johnson. It starred the wonderful Jane Badler as Diana, uh, Michael Duller as Durrell. Daryl, Daryl, I'm going to go with Michael Daryl as Robert Maxwell, um, not the Robert Maxwell, a different kind of Robert Maxwell, uh, Faye Grant as Juliet Parrish, Mark Singer as the legendary freedom fighter Mike Donovan uh, and also a cameraman part-time, uh, Michael Wright, um, Richard Hurd, the late great uh, Richard Hurd. And so, and Robert England even pops up in a smaller role um, as the visitor Willie, the nice guy the nice visitor the nice lizard um v is essentially the story of um aliens who come to earth um uh, posing 
as uh, friends, and they call themselves the visitors. They come and they, they, they all they ask is they got, they need some chemicals to help save their planet, where actually they've got very very nefarious plans to turn everybody into food and steal our water. However, soon they've imposed a fascist state and uh, rounding people up. And we have a, uh, essentially our heroes come along and form a band of resistance fighters. Um, I love this. I, I, I loved it as a kid and I love it now. Um, it's a bit on the nose in terms of its sort of very, very anti-fascist um, um, so, and comparisons to uh, the sort of res- the rise of Nazi Germany and those kind of things um, and the sort of the visitors use of propaganda and all those kind of things and actually it's kind of fit into what's going on in the world at the moment in certain parts um, but I really loved it it's full of cheesy action um, some brilliant brilliantly TV um, sort of TV movie dialogue incredible 80s hair and makeup um it is it, it is just astonishing um i wonder what the hairspray budget on this would have been uh, <laughs> the effects still hold up they still hold up in some ways i think some of the sort of spaceship and maybe some of the you know the laser gunfire and those kind of things um are dated a little bit um but when they sort of peel off various sort of bits of the liz- of the um the visitor's uh, face to show the sort of lizard skin underneath. It's great. Um, it's two episodes. The two um, hour and a half special uh, episodes. Um, and of course it's got Mark Singer in it. It was just brilliant. Beastmaster is brilliant in anything that he does. That's something we need to cover on this show. At some point is Beastmaster. I love this. Um, I'm going to be diving into the, the TV series that followed. And then the next TV special as well. Um, at some point. Because I can't help myself. Um, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this. You can pick it up really cheaply on Amazon. Amazon Video. Um, I think it's about three, four pound maybe uh, for the miniseries, and it's great. Um, the TV series, if I can remember, had a great soundtrack as well. Had a really, really cool soundtrack. Um, but no, I loved this. I've thoroughly enjoyed getting back into it. Um, how would I give this out of ten? I got to be honest with you. My my sort of nostalgia glasses are on. I'm going to give it an eight out of ten. Um, and I recommend, if you're a fan of science fiction, you need to go and check this out. You certainly do. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, our time has drawn to an end. Um, and all I would like to say and all I want to do is urge you guys, be good, good to each other. Look after each other. Take care of each other. It's a big, nasty world out there. And we can all play our part in making things a little bit better. Um, and remember, keep the social distancing going. Please keep washing your hands. You know, COVID hasn't gone away just because the pubs have opened up. To everybody who has contributed to the Indiegogo page, thank you so much. Um, and if you haven't, pop on over to Indiegogo and uh, type in School Hall Slaughter. You can go over to our Facebook page and have a look at School Hall Slaughter. You can also get to check out the new teaser trailer that has dropped, which is wonderful. Um, and I'm really, really pleased with how that's come out. We've got such a great cast we have got such a great cast, and I can't wait to share this with you. Um, and, you know, the crew that we're putting together this is really, really, really good. So, please, you know, I know times are tough, but uh, if you can't afford to donate, then please just share it on social media. Get the word out there. Otherwise, that's all that's left for me to say in the immortal words of Count Duckula. Good night out there. Mm-hmm.
whatever you are.